Welcome to Inside the Media Minds. This is your host, Christine Blake. This show features in-depth interviews with tech reporters who share everything from their biggest pet peeves to their favorite stories. From our studio at W2 Communications, let's go Inside the Media Minds. This is Christine Blake, and we are here with Joe Uchill, cybersecurity reporter at Axios. Thank you for meeting with me here at Black Hat, Joe. Thanks for having me. So let's start out with a little bit about your background. Um, what do you cover at Axios, and how do you cover? What's your approach? Um, I cover cybersecurity. I covered cybersecurity at Axios. Um, I suppose we we have a strong policy focus, and um, I cover a lot of the more research-focused things. It's interesting. Our audience is sort of split between a strong Washington, D.C. presence where it's politicians who don't have a very high technical background, um, don't really understand the technology. And then we have a large Silicon Valley presence where it's a bunch of people who really like the technology and don't have a very good policy background. So really anywhere in between that, uh, we, we tend to cover. Okay. That makes sense. And you guys have been around for a couple of years now, right? A little bit newer on the scene? Um, yeah, I've been there since February of last year. Uh, okay. The, I think Axios existed about a year before I got there. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, sort of s- spread the cybersecurity right when they uh, right when they got me. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. So, what got you into um, journalism and specifically cybersecurity? <laughs> Um, What got me in the... Originally, I went to school for applied math, uh, which is a terrible idea. No one should do that. Um, I I got into journalism because I I sort of fell in with a bad crowd at the school newspaper, and they were were doing journalism, and so so did I. Really, I, I just I knew somebody down down my hall uh, in college who was a part of the student newspaper and followed him there. Um, I ended up covering a lot of uh, covering cybersecurity because I had the, the applied math background um, and had done some research that touched on cryptography. Um, I used to be a computer camp counselor, and so that that comes oh. into yeah. It's the only place where you can send kids outside to play as a punishment, <laughs> um, but. Yeah, so that's how, that's how I got here. That's cool. So since we're here at Black Hat in Vegas, um, and then DEF CON also starting after Black Hat, what, what do you think is the most like, compelling thing here? Why do you come here? What are you looking for? Um, I come here because uh, I guess cybersecurity is pretty geographically diverse, and so it's nice to have everybody in the same the same building at the same time. Um, I don't get to see too many of the people who work out of California very often, or the people who don't, really just the people who don't work out of DC where, where I'm, I'm based. Um, it's always nice to have all the, the research papers that come out around now. Um, the, uh, I'm sorry, what was the rest of that question? It was a, that, was, that was it, but it brings me another that brings me to another question. You mentioned research papers that come out around now. So, for so many different companies are putting out research, right? What what do you find them to be the most compelling and interesting type of research? 
Uh, for me, I think it's um, it's things that uh, I haven't seen anywhere else, mm -hmm. but aren't um, surveys. Yeah. That's a really bland way to describe what I cover. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm interested, a lot of the, uh, at Axios, a lot of the really finite, uh, really uh, mi um, micro-level stuff, you know, specific vulnerabilities we don't tend to mm -hmm. be able to cover as much, but things that are a little bit above that, uh, um, large new malware strains, mm -hmm. criminal groups, uh, how hackers operate around the globe. We don't tend to cover things that are uh, trend reports of things that have already really been in the media. Yeah. Um, so we don't tend to do you know, five ways to not mm -hmm. get fished. Mm -hmm. But we'd love to hear about new ways people are fishing other people mm -hmm. or uh, new twists on how specific groups have changed. Mm -hmm. um, I think everyone in the media loves nation states because it sounds very cool mm -hmm. um and so we do that uh and uh I'm, I'm trying personally to cover more of the i don't want to i don't know if uh what the right word for it would be uh, more of the the international aspects mm -hmm. and how hacker groups hackers differ around the world oh, i think there's a i've heard interesting things about how the differences between what people do in the United States and what they do in, say, Brazil, sure. um, because it's uh, both a lower tech region and a one where there's more focus on um, ATMs and SIM cards than there is mm -hmm. here. So it's a different kind of ingenuity. Um, and I think that the same things probably holds true around the world, mm -hmm. and um, it would be interesting to get more of a slice of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be. Um, and I always ask this question to all the journalists that we talk to, and the past week has maybe changed the crazy news cycles that have happened. And like that said, what do you think is going to be one of the biggest stories of 2019? Um, I, I think that it's, I, th I think the election goes without yeah. saying. Um, people uh, haven't covered this since before 2016, I think that that's how most people got attached to cybersecurity after 2016. Mm -hmm. um, and with the elections coming up, there's obviously a pretty keen interest in um, keeping democracy safe. Mm -hmm. I think that on a broader level, the more important, not more important than election security, but a very, but the important stories that aren't being covered, that aren't election security, maybe things that are mm -hmm. slightly under the public radar, um, intellectual property theft, mm -hmm. I think that um, we're still sort of reckoning with, uh, with China beyond just the trade negotiations and how we're going to deal with uh, a country that essentially bankrupts American country, the companies without, um, uh, via cyber and other mm -hmm. means. Um, I think that some of the, uh, a lot of the policy debates that are rekindling um, after a little while are going to be interesting things um, the attorney general brought back up the crypto wars which I think have been pretty well covered by now but um, will always be one of those issues that uh, the public is on the verge of understanding but doesn't quite understand um, there's been a move back as we speak now towards legislation on yeah. autonomous vehicles that 
I think probably are people would love to have those secure before they start driving them. Um, yeah. <laughs> True. But really, uh, really, it's a fast-moving field where there's usually um, something exciting that's immediately happening uh, beyond just the stuff that's coming long term. When I started. There was a lot of room for specul for writing about speculation about what was going to happen and uh, what was coming up in the future, and no one would know if I was in the office, and I could just sort of not be. I could disappear for a week, and no one would know. Um, I think 2016 sort of changed that, um, both in the speed that the news cycle changed for cybersecurity and in the amount of public attention that these things have started to get. Uh, people care more now about breaches than they did during the Target era. And while we don't try to cover every breach, because there's a lot of them and um, there's just one of me, um, <laughs> the amount of attention that people have on these kinds of things is, is much, much more, uh, much more honed than, than they were in the past. Mm -hmm. Cool. So um, I know that you... I think, I think I saw on your Twitter you were tweeting about the voting village. What do you think about that in, in, at DEF CON? Do you think that's going to get a lot of attention this year? I think that that always gets a lot of attention. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's been around for, this is the third year. Um, they've always designed most of, their, most of their activities as ways to draw attention to the field. Um, the, their, their, the child care experiments they ran that, um, where they trained kids to hack into mock elections websites last year um, did such a good job of getting attention that it sort of morphed in the media to them hacking actual um, like real legitimate election sites um, which didn't happen but has garnered a tremendous amount of attention mm -hmm. the idea of doing these public demonstrations has gotten a lot of attention in the public mm -hmm. um, I've seen their reports referenced in Congress yeah it's, that's interesting it's um, they're they're great at getting attention to an issue that traditionally had not gotten a lot of attention mm -hmm. in the past one of the things that I think is interesting about the way it's working this year uh, a company is bringing something that was specifically designed to be tested in public um, something that uh, essentially is a very different security paradigm than the voting machines that they had gotten past. We've moved from a system where it was all things that were being tested surreptitiously mm -hmm. to things that are being tested because the developers were interested in seeing them tested. And while I don't know how long that's going to last, mm -hmm. uh, the project that's been brought this year is, uh, was funded by DARPA, so it's a, you know, different than the commercial machines that get tested. Um, it would be interesting to see the voting village make that turn. Um, a lot of the other villages have, where it's more of a, a partnership with the industry interested in improving its own security than just um, a rebel force trying to draw attention to the security of an industry that doesn't want people to be paying attention to it. Okay, it's an interesting perspective. Um, so then we also have a segment on Inside the Media Minds where we have listener questions. Um, so I have two for you today. Terrifying. Um, <laughs> it's really not, it's really not yeah. terrifying. Um, but the first one is, so, you know, 
cybersecurity industry, conferences like this, like RSA, are super noisy, lots of vendors, lots of, I'm sure you have tons of meetings. Um, what advice would you have for um, a company to set itself apart and to be a little bit different? Um, I think for me personally, a lot of what I'm interested in is so far afield that from what the, um, I guess I align myself more with the cybersecurity press than with the, the national press, mm -hmm. um, and I think there are two. The, the interests, the interests of both of those, sort of diverge. Um, but um, the way that I would, uh, there will always be a lot of people who release research around now. But if you can come with an idea that's mm -hmm. interesting to talk about. Mm -hmm. To me, that's the most interesting thing with meeting for somebody. Um, there are, I believe, I can just count in my head, I think there might be nine reports that we're going to try to cover this week, and we're not going to be able to cover them all. Everyone who releases research during Black Hat, um, it sounds like a great time to release research, but it's, um, it's such a shuffle that it makes it more difficult. Uh, to get all of that in. Um, ideas that have a longer lifespan, mm -hmm. something that I can cover three weeks from now, um, is so much more important to me right now than something I would need to cover this mm -hmm. week uh, because so much of the industry is focused on things that will end right at Black Hat, but I'm going to need content mm -hmm. uh, yeah, for the rest <laughs> of the year um, or they will fire me. Um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's a <laughs> fantastic answer. That's fantastic. Okay, and then since launching, um, since Axios launched and since you've been there, what do you think um, contributes most to Axios' success as a publication? Um, I think that what has, there are business specific things that um, they do that other companies have not, uh, mm -hmm. other companies have worked for have not, um, that I'm probably the wrong person to speak to, but the format of trying to work in quick uh, bullet point, uh -huh. easy to digest format, uh, I think has opened it up to an audience that doesn't tend to read long, uh, long form mm -hmm. stories. And that's sort of a shame because I think that there are a lot of stories that uh, only really work when you have a yeah. long narrative. You can't tell the story of something that happened sequentially very well in those kinds of bullet points. But it's for people who are on the, on the run, uh, people who are very busy, and usually that means people who have an influential role, yeah. the very quick format uh, works better for them, and so we've gotten a lot of attention from those, those people. I think your newsletters, I, I, we all look at those. Those are really helpful. <laughs> the, yeah, the newsletter, I mean, I... I love newsletters. I've run newsletters at this is the third one I've third place I've been at where I've I've either been the only person doing the newsletter or been in, done most of the newsletter um, for cybersecurity. But uh, Mike Allen, who's one of the, the founders of Axios, sort of invented the industry uh, back at Politico. Uh -huh. um, and so we are in a unique position to, to yeah. run them very well. Yeah. And I think if you look at the people who they've got, they've, they built a very impressive group of people, array of 
array of people to run newsletters before they hired me. It's a, it's a very qualified group and me. Yeah. And um, so, uh, yeah, I can't recommend the other newsletters enough. Um, I also have one, so. Perfect. Yeah. That's great. Awesome. And then I think it's our last question is, what's something that people wouldn't know about you outside of just your reporting? Something interesting. Um, <laughs> I have a very, about me, uh, I have a weird resume besides covering cybersecurity. I covered uh, arts and entertainment oh. for about a decade. Um, I accidentally wrote a movie uh, that came out a few years ago. What? Um, yeah, it starred the maybe he's a bad guy husband from the blacklist and the girl who, the then girl but now grown up who was played Mary Jane originally on that Broadway show where people like flew out of rafters and injured themselves. Oh, wow. Um, and it was a, yeah, it was, it was a, it was, <laughs> accidentally. It, it was it just accidentally. Well, I mean, I was as surprised as anybody. Um, that was another thing where like I, the person who I was living with at the time um, was writing a movie where one of the characters, like an ancillary character, was a mathematician, was in a was a mathematician at a math department um, that seemed very much based on when I was working with a applied math research grant and the kinds of things I did. Um, so I was uniquely qualified to write for this movie um, because I knew that guy, because uh, I, I was that guy. Um, and so suddenly I wrote a movie. That's cool. Um, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, I have a weird, weird non non cybersecurity resume. Yeah, that's cool. That's fascinating. I love that. That's, a, that's kind of a fun story. <laughs> well, thank you a lot for talking to me today. Um, this has been Christine Blake, the host of Inside the Media of Mind with Joe Uchill from Axios. Thanks, Joe. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Inside the Media Minds. To learn more about our podcast and hear all of our episodes, please visit us at w2com.com slash podcast and follow us on Twitter at Media Mind Show. And you can subscribe anywhere podcasts are found.